males are born, men are built. This is the Great Man Podcast, where we want you to build great men as you allow other men to build you. Join New York Times bestselling author Stephen Mansfield, along with seasoned leaders of men, Anthony Flemons and J.T. McCrow, as we bring a wide range of experience and expertise to help you become the great man you are designed to be. With you this week are Anthony Flemons and J.T. McCrow. Gentlemen, let us <laughs> begin. You know, we've never talked about and have never given a shout out to Aaron McGee for doing our voiceover. The voice. Man, his voice is so nice. It's so smooth. <laughs> Don't you think? I do. I thought he did a great job. Yeah, he's anyway, got a million dollar voice for thank sure. Thank you, Aaron, for doing that. We appreciate yeah. you, my friend. So how you doing, Mr. Anthony? No, nah, I'm great, man. I uh, I got a little rest, and I've been really intentional about getting to sleep at a reasonable time. Like, what's a reasonable time for you? I mean, you had to call that out. Man. Yeah, of course I, mean, I did. You know, midnight to me is kind of reasonable. Uh, if if I'm sleep by ten thirty or eleven, like that's extraordinary. But my whole goal is to get about seven hours sleep. I'm I'm golden at seven hours. So if I can get seven hours, but the last couple of days, man, I've really been intentional and I've been probably sleep by ten o'clock, ten thirty. Wow. Yeah. So you're missing the whole news. You you have no idea what's going on the next day. I don't watch local news, no, man. I, don't I read a lot and uh, gather news that way, but I don't watch a lot of local yeah. news. Yeah. How about you? You know, the, doing well. I'll tell you this, this subject that Stephen brought up kind of hit home a little bit for me. Jeez, man. It's so uh, funny. Yeah, it was just very convicting. I don't know if convicting I'll is the proper it. word, but yeah, I mean, it just made me have some reflection for sure as yeah. far as, you know, where am I not showing up, where I am showing up. It kind of got me mad at myself a little bit. You know, for not doing some things that I probably know I should be doing sure. better. Uh, so it was great. I mean, I've been thinking about it all week. Yeah. Uh, just looking at areas and looking at things. And so it's really challenged me to take some inventory. Yeah. Uh, you know, so. You know, previously to, to joining forces with Stephen, we kind of mapped out our own direction, what we were going to talk about from week to week. And that's been fun. But one of the things that's not real fun <laughs> is now that we're kind of going to someone else's drumbeat, so to speak, on some of the shows where we decided, yeah. it's already decided what we're going to talk about. The disadvantage of that is we have to talk about things that we haven't clearly settled in our own lives. Yeah. And I think that that's the value. And I was just thinking, you know, yes, there's a partnership between us and Stephen, but when I listen to him, I don't listen with that ear. I listen as I hope most people do with an ear for mentorship. Yeah. I'm always listening going, man, this guy is giving me stuff that I really need to hear. And it's just different than other things that I hear. A lot of people want to lean toward what's going on politically, what's going on socially, what's going on, which all of those are important. And and we're definitely not afraid to tackle those things. And there's a place for them. There yeah. is. But it's the simple mundane things of everyday life that really impact us the most that's the that's the things that we want to deal with yeah other podcasts are dealing with political stuff and you know but our goal really is to make men great so that you can help others be great yeah and 
you can't do that just with all these big picture things all the time. You have to get down to the just daily. Like I took this subject and went, okay, daily, where am I not doing things? Because that has an impact on my week, my month, my year, sure, whatever. Because sometimes I even think, man, I want to die. You know, I'll hear something on the news like, man, I want to speak to that because they're stupid, you know, and they need some sanity in that thought process. But Again, reeled back into, man, what's the daily mundane things that I can do to set me up to really be the man that I was created to be? And those are the things, man, we just really want to tackle and talk about. And again, this subject was just so simple, so easy to think about, but yet so difficult. Man, difficult. Yeah, difficult to make the checklist of the areas where I'm not doing great. You know, when I listen to, man, and like I said, I'm always listening to Stephen with a ear towards mentorship. So I'm probing myself and looking at my own life as I'm listening to this challenge that he's giving. And I came up with some things, some real hard realities that I needed to tell myself. Okay. Uh, one of them was in my life, I think that I've shown up to most everything in my history, in my past, unhold. I think it has been a reoccurring issue for me and not only me, but some of the men or a lot of the men that I know. And just looking back of the troubles that I've had and the things that I've had to overcome, had I shown up with more answers already than questions or a blank face, I would have been in a different situation. And that's across the board, like how I looked at my graduation, how I looked at uh, my first relationship, how I looked at what I would do professionally for uh, my life, how I entered into courtship, uh, marriage, fatherhood. I think I approached and walked into most of those settings unwhole. Mm. I really do, man. I like the word that he used a little bit better when he said incomplete. Incomplete, yeah. Yeah, because that makes me think of, you know, whenever he was talking about projects, you know, if we if we do take ourselves and look at ourselves as multiple projects yeah. that I have, I have this checklist, like I said, this punch list, as we call it in the industry, punch list of things that I know that I need to deal with and I need to go back and take care of. And what's funny is punch lists are usually all these small things that irritate people the most because you're not taking care of it. Right. And so again, those, those smaller incomplete projects that we have, whether that's our health whether that's our wealth, the way that we parent, the way that we love our wives and show up for that, the way that we show up for work, as Stephen used in the illustration of the guy that, w- that would show up never complete, never ready for the moment. And that's the word that you always call me the distiller because I, I try to distill things down to simple yeah. things that, and by the way, that's for me personally, you just get the benefit of it because yeah, I have to do it for myself. But it's, I really came down to it's the responsibility of presence. If I have the responsibility of presence, it means that I don't have to be perfect in my life. I don't have to be whole in my whole life. I just have to be present at the moment. Mm, That's great. And that doesn't mean that I'm, again, I'm, I'm not finished. It's just in that moment I stay present because, you know, one thing I thought about our wives and kids do not care if we're perfect or imperfect. They do care if we're present in the moment. Mm. And that may mean, 10 minutes. It may mean 30 minutes. It may mean one minute. It may mean one hour. But the problem is, is that for me, I'm I'm saying personally, do I have the inner fortitude, the inner mental 
strength to put away everything for that moment? Hmm. Or do I let the outside come in and dictate that moment? And I really had to question, do I, I mean, I've been in a situation where I've been distracted. So distraction is what really keeps you from being present. Sure. And so I've been distracted the last six months, nine months of my life with outside things that were out of my control. So I had zero control over those things. So it distracted me from being present all the time, which caused some angst with my wife, my kids. I mean, of course, and so I'm, but I'm so clouded and blind in the moment because I've just got these other things that I can't control. Well, those other things were legitimate too, though. Yeah, they were very legitimate. They they were family things. Yes. You had, you were dealing with the illness of your mom. Yes. Uh, Some repeated or ongoing new issues with her, with your father, with estate stuff. I mean, it's not like you just had let the reins go and life was just taking over. So there are seasons when we will be distracted by the things that are going on and it's legitimate, but yet and still it has impact on the people around you. Mm-hmm. So it's like this, this past week, I'll tell you something real funny is um, while my wife and I were in this, it's not argument because my wife doesn't really argue uh, a lot. We don't do that, but we do have quiet moments, extended quiet moments, like for days. <laughs> so uh, we're in those moments and, I went to work and I just basically I said, I'm so sick and tired of myself. So I called my wife and I said, OK, look, I'm sorry. I'm wrong. It's all me. I'm just sick of myself. But I had to get to that point to where I took inventory and went, this really has nothing to do with her. Right. This is me playing probably catch up for all these months that I've just not been present. I've not mentally and i don't mean physically i mean well that too but mentally emotionally even spiritually just not clicking uh on all my cylinders in those moments so i think that's and and you're even going further back than i went i just went for the last six months or so but you're going back and thinking of your life yeah because it all matters man it all matters and we create some patterns and this was a taught pattern to me because i wasn't prepared So I walked up against most moments that define a man or define growing towards manhood with no one to whisper in my ear. And that's the value that I find even listening to Stephen. I still listen to him with that kind of intent. Here's someone that holds some secrets to life and performance and availability and maturity as far as being a man that I miss. So I need to get it. And something else that this made me think about, JT, like. With that being said, showing up consistently unprepared, it did cause me to begin to prepare. Hmm. So I didn't continue to show up unprepared in the same situations because and if I'm honest, I think that it was fear Hmm. of being exposed and not knowing and the fear of being ridiculed because I'd walk into situations where I feel like other people were whole and be unwhole and realize it at the last moment and go, I'll never be in that situation again. But what's good about it is, is to, to have some self-reflection and be able to say, Hey, I could have been in a better situation when I walked into this. How do I prepare myself? So not only is it being present in those moments, it's doing the homework leading up to those moments sure. as well. Sure. No, it's a great point. And the homework is not that difficult. It's I not. Mean, there's so many signs around us uh, that we are, I, would, I, I wouldn't even say blind to, I would say that we're intentionally not looking at. 
and maybe because of distraction, you know, distraction always disrupts our purpose, so to speak, and purpose in that moment. What is my purpose in that moment? Is it to be a dad, be a, a husband, be a good employee, be a good employer, you know, show it for my friends. And I, I had this other thought, speaking of friends, this is where having a band of brothers is so important because the the people that you should be incomplete with the most are the people that rely on you the least. Ooh, okay. Let me say that again. The people that you can be incomplete with really the most are the people that rely on you the least. Hmm. You and I, going back to history, if people have never heard this, you and I met in a moment where you were super vulnerable with me. Yeah. You had never been that vulnerable with another man. Right. I told you stuff that was still a secret. And you said nobody knows this stuff. Yeah. But I, I had no bearing in your life, so to speak, as far as it didn't affect the real, it just would affect our friendship. That's it. And so you took the chance. And because I think we put unfair, undue weight on our wives in this area when we don't have friends that we can just go, here's where I'm at, you know, because men talk to each other differently. I mean, we just, you know, it's like I heard something this past week that made me laugh is two guys in a car going down the road. And he, he said, hey, man, you missed your turn. He goes, oh, man, he went down and made a U-turn and went back. <laughs> Same situation with his wife. She's like, why did you miss your turn? Did you not know that you, you know, had all this explanation of why he missed his turn? He's just sitting there staring straight ahead. Uh, and it's just an illustration of how men, we talk less, but we say a lot in those moments because it's not just verbal with us. And, and it's really man language. We say that quite often. This is just man talk. This is just man language. It's just how we speak to each other. My best friend and I, Shane, can sit in a room, watch a basketball game, not say much, and get up and feel and be very fulfilled in our souls as far as our friendship. <laughs> right? It's just it's just different. Yeah. And, and that's okay. We all need we we all need different. But that's the importance of having those kinds of friends, that band of brothers, that you can let your hair down and just go. Man, this is what I, I mean. I feel so incomplete in this area. And the great thing is, you go to your wife complete because you had that moment. That doesn't mean that you don't take things to your wife that are incomplete because that's a bond too that you, that you have to have. Yeah, it's just not all the time. Yeah, because women do want whether culture says it's true or not. Women do want a strong man that can make some decisions on his own make some decisions together and then allow her to make some decisions. It's all three. Yeah. And it doesn't take away from my being a husband or being a man. If my wife makes some decisions, it doesn't, it doesn't make me feel lesser than because of that, but I do need all three. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you mentioned like the wife and that role and then the role of a band of brothers. And this is another kind of uh, a promo for creating your band of brothers. But, and I'll ask you this, do you notice people when they are constantly coming to you incomplete, does it conjure up a demeanor in you when that person comes to you? It's a great question. It depends on the situation, but there are times when I see a phone call and I know this is about to cost me 30 minutes of my life. Yeah. And it's going to be nothing but them talking, complaining about the exact same thing they complained to me about last month. Yeah. That's when it, it does affect me. Now, if they're calling me about something else because they've taken care of that, I'm good. 
right? I'm like, okay, we've moved on. But it is when the same incompletion is talked about. Yeah, because for me, man, I try and sit down in every exchange at a zero sum. I don't know where it's going. I don't know if it's good or bad, if you're prepared or not prepared. But when you do that a number of times and the same people or the same person comes to you and they're constantly without preparation, they're constantly incomplete. They constantly have a question. They constantly have an issue, a problem, no solutions, no ideas. It does create a demeanor in you. And I just wanted to say that as it relates to band of brothers and our wives, sometimes we're shocked that we don't create or feel like this space has been created in our homes uh, with our wives to be incomplete. I don't know that it's that there's not space to be incomplete, but are you coming Always, always, yeah, incomplete. Because I know that he creates a demeanor. It just does. Now, I'll tell you a little. This is a little secret. Okay. Most people come incomplete because they refuse to believe the whole truth about something. I'll say it again. I want got an explanation. Most people come consistently incomplete in the same area. Remember, I said this thing that bothers me the most is when people call me about the same thing. The reason they do that is because they refuse to believe the whole truth about a situation. So that so they're told the truth, but then they gravel with it. They won't accept all of it, but they'll accept some of it. But their outcome never changes because they won't accept the whole truth. It's a constant fumble. And we do this because, you know, I think in our mind, we always want to... I'm not as bad as what I think, or I'm not as bad as what people say, or this can't be... Uh, what I created, right? That's, and and really at the end of the day, that's, we create situations and then we don't really want to deal with the consequences of the entire situation. We want to be protected or uh, given grace in some areas so we don't have to pay the full price. So we always come incomplete with our thinking, with our emotions, how we think about others. We'll get mad at others for doing the exact same thing we're doing. There's no grace, but yet we want grace. That's incomplete. That's having a project, so to speak, of yourself that you're not really willing to hear what the root issue is. You don't want to deal with the root issue. You want to deal with what you see is the outcome of the root issue. And and we do this All of us do this, you know, in areas of our lives. I know in business or in a business setting or professional setting, a lot of times in my head, coming complete would be showing up with more answers than you have questions. Yeah. Like coming prepared with information to make this whole thing better and not always just with a thousand concerns or questions. And even in our households, I think that that's a frustrating thing towards our spouses when we show up most times with the very few answers, but just a lot of questions and concerns and cautions, I guess. Do you think that that would be a good explanation for showing up whole, having more answers uh, in a situation than? So I'm a trained coach, right? So I think the opposite sometimes is do I show up with not just the answers, but the right questions because right questions lead to right answers or at least explanations of why somebody thinks Uh, because typically it's, it's really a deeper than just the answer. It's what's behind it. What's the context of it? What's the, the traumas or the good things behind it. I mean, there's so many things that you can 
find out about somebody with just a simple answer to a good question. So I think the dynamic's different. Yeah. Because I'm not expecting you to show up at the doctor's office with the answers for your doctor. Correct. But I'm going to have some really good questions. Yeah, you're you're going <laughs> to get something. Like when someone comes to you and they're they're, you know, utilizing your time and your wisdom as a coach, I think that it's proper for them to come with questions. But I'm supposing like in mutual relationships, say like with your wife or with people that answer to you. I'm just curious in that because I know for me, it's frustrating when there's never like a solution or a plan or an idea. It's always, Hey, I'm concerned about this. This is a problem. Uh, this is what's happened. Can you fix that? So, you know, what's interesting about that comment is that people do come to me with a lot of problems that they want solved. And the reason why people come to you or to me or to anybody because with with problems is because they have thought it through and they can't find a solution. Hmm. Here's the issue <laughs> that I have is when let's say that they have created this mess, they don't have a solution for it and they come to me and I've actually been in that mess before or Maybe not exactly, because I, I love when people say, well, you know, this is different situations. So, you know, I'm just going to. So they completely bypass the principles that could help them. Yeah. Because I'm not. Because it doesn't line up. It doesn't line up exactly with what they're going through. Right. Which means they're looking for somebody to just agree with the solution that they think they yeah. come up with. But it's not working out, which is why they're sitting in front of me. So then you tell them the solutions. Or again, I don't direct people what to do. All people have choices. I can just say, here's the GPS coordinates. Hey, here's how you get there. Uh, been there. I've got them you know, saved in my phone. If you do this, you'll get this outcome. And then they don't do it because they don't agree. Because typically it means they have to come face to face with truth, with the truth, not their truth, not what their perception is about it but the truth behind something. And we all know there's three sides to every story. There's their side, the other side, and the truth somewhere lies in the middle. Yeah. And so it's my job to try to help figure that where that truth is at. So you tell them the truth and then they refuse or they brush you off like, well, you're not a professional. Okay. I didn't know it took a professional all the time to let you know where you're headed. But okay, there's a cliff over there. I don't have to be a professional, say there's a cliff and you're walking toward it. Sure. Um, or it just didn't line up with what they wanted to hear. And then they come back a month later or you don't, they don't typically, they won't come back because now they're embarrassed uh, because they didn't choose to do yeah. what you offered uh, and their life is worse. If not, I'm going to. Not better, by the way, and not the same. Yeah. Worse. If I'm going to be honest, man, like this is not something that I tell you often, but you're being incredibly generous with your opinion there, man, because <laughs> to just say that you feel like most times when people come and they're asking questions all the time, never have a solution. It's because they haven't been able to come up with the answer on their own and they're really looking for some truth. Like, I think that's being incredibly generous because I just don't see it that way the majority of the time because mm -hmm. some things man seem so ingrained that people have not done the homework mm -hmm. they just want to come to you and say hey 
give me a shortcut. It's kind of like me wanting to drop this last 20 pounds, man. I keep going and looking for a thing that's going to get me there quick. I saw this Ozempic or something, what everybody's using now. Like maybe I should get that. But I don't know that it's, you know, because I've tried and come up with all these answers that don't work in my head. So I'm going to finally come to you. I just don't, I don't buy that. I think, I, it's a ba- I think it's a balance, but look, one of my things that I live by people's intentions are their highest good yeah, according to their current level. awareness. <laughs> I say it all the time and it pisses me off every time you see so it. It's like, I have to give them the benefit of yeah. the doubt that they, because here's why deception. What's that mean? You don't know. It's being fooled. Right. It's there, there's, there's a veil in front of you that yeah. you can't see through. So you can't see things. I'm incomplete in this area too, because some, but I want to give people the benefit of the doubt that they're coming to me because they've exhausted everything. Gotcha. Now, some people do come at the beginning of something before they start thinking through. Now, I love those conversations because now they've made me a part of the whole solution that they actually have answers to. Because one thing that, that as a coach, you realize that people typically do have the answers already. It's not that they have an information problem. They have an implementation problem. Yeah. But it just needs to be reinforced to say you you don't need somebody like me all the time. I had a client last year that uh, he was he was a mess. If he's listening to this, he'll know who it is. He was a dang mess. And I told him, I said, within six months, if you still need me, I didn't do my job. Yeah. And he was just blown away. Uh, he's like, man, you know, this, this and that. He goes, I can't see me, you know, not meeting with you for a couple years, you know, sure. And, uh, six months, I mean, it was almost six months to the day, almost, you know, like, well, I mean, he's doing great. Uh, but he listened and he wasn't just listening for me to have the answer. What, what I showed him was, you know, what to do. You just needed some encouragement and, and a push to trust yourself and trust the God that you serve too, that he talks to you just like he does anybody else that the answers will come. And I'm a, now all, all I became was a feedback loop. That's all I became just bouncing stuff off of me. Cause he would come, what do you think about this? What do you, so a man who didn't have, who was down in the dirt, uh, life had really kicked him in the teeth. Uh, man, he, it, it was, it was pretty bad in six months. Stopped coming with the problem and started coming with solutions to what he was facing. And then we would talk about the solution rather than the problem and come to a great, roadmap of okay here's what you need to do here's let's let's do this and see how this works out and it worked out great that's a great point man i'm value driven and i'm always looking for you know i I tell my staff most times when you're asking things of people secretly in their heart they're going what's in it for me and not that that's always right but it is kind of happening in people's lives and so i'm value driven in that you know so if, if you're trying to talk me into this responsibility of coming, you know, essentially whole and prepared, like what's the value in it for me and what's the value in it for the other person? Because a lot of times I think that we forget that we bring value to a situation and to relationships and to settings simply by being prepared or whole ourselves when we walk in, not always hoping to become whole yeah. or become complete as a result of the meeting. And so do you feel like when you come prepared and hold to a situation, say in a business or in your household or with your children and you're locked in at a moment, what value does that other person get rather than me? 
Did you think about these questions today? I did, you, man. That typically, just, typically, that just came up. Oh, wow. That is, just, I'm actively listening, and that's what we say we always want to do, so we don't get stuck in these ruts, man. But just, I, you know, again, I, I think value comes through a couple things, and this is where the the power or showing up complete or responsibility for being present at the moment helps is that authenticity is such a value to me. Sure. So if I enter a situation, I'm listening to somebody say uh, an issue or, or a problem or something that's up and I'm dealing with the same thing. It's, it's unfair for me or unwise for me to act as if I have the answer. So in that moment we become, Hey, how, I'm dealing with the same thing. So how do we get out of this? Sometimes in a situation, man, I have dealt with that so many times I have to force myself to continue to listen because it's, it's almost like I just want them to get to the end because I know where this conversation is going. So my value is that I already have the answer that they're seeking because I've seen this played out several times in other people's lives. Yeah. So I think it's just being authentic in the moment and not act as if you're the one with all the answers all the time. But you can be the one that's present and listening and coming up with the good questions to get to the bottom, to get to the solution that that everyone's looking for. I guess what I'm thinking about is more so the example that Stephen gave. He's your boss and you walk in and there's this 15 minutes of hunkering down and figuring it out and going, getting pieces to the pie and and had this person come in with the idea of. I'm going to bring value to Stephen. Yeah. How can I bring value to Stephen? Well, I can do that by having my things together. That's why I say I'm, I'm value driven. Like what's in it for me? Well, what's in it for that person? Yeah. Because when we show up having done some homework and in the right mindset and not dark and not moody and not broody and not, you know, still dealing with emotional things that don't pertain to this moment, I think we are a greater service like in these professional moments to the people that are counting on us because they're counting on us to give them what they don't have. Correct. And at the same time, most leaders are going to be better at coming whole and it gives them the ability to convey what they need to convey to you yeah. because you're more locked in time is priceless and those kinds of things. So that's all I'm saying. If, if you needed a reason why to take this whole responsibility of being whole and taking it on yourself, one would be value given and value driven. You know, how is me preparing and me being whole of service to my children? of service to my wife, of service to my friends, because we never take off on this long road trip. Well, if you're smart, you only have to run out of gas once. But if you take off consistently on a road trip and you never check your tires, you never check your gas, yeah. you never find out if your car is in good condition, you don't have a idea of which freeway to get on. Like, it's always a mess. It's always chaotic. And you're putting the people in your car at risk. At risk. Yeah. So at some point, you're going to have to find out that the homework and the preparation and coming up and presenting yourself at this moment, it's time to start vacation, having settled some things, it's of more value, not only to you, but to the people that you serve. Yeah. So if, if I need motivation right now to listen as to why it's important for me to come whole, I want you to think about that. You are of greater service to the people that are important to you. Yeah. You have to, as an employee, for those out there that have bosses and, and, and jobs, it's, it's not yours. Like mine. You know, if you're continually a burden to those people that you're serving, meaning your boss, then you'll never get a promotion. 
promotion comes when you add a certain value to the corporation or to the business that they they say if he's doing that here how much more money could we make or how much more profit or how much can we serve our clients more if we promote him to this area cuz you know people always want to think that you know leadership's competition and you know, so I don't want to help the person behind me because they could take my job. No, yeah. no, help them because you eventually want to become a leader of leaders. And you can't become a leader of leaders if you're not leading those and discipling those and training those below you. And that's adding value to a corporation that it's almost job security unless they fall in hard times or, you know, obviously whatever. But it means that you can go to somewhere else because you're constantly adding value in those moments, constantly. You're never the burden. And that doesn't mean that you can't go to your employee with issues and problems, but you're going with them with with the mindset of, I've exhausted and I can't think of this. You're obviously over me. You probably been this before. Can, can you help me solve this? Or possibly I don't have the authority to move past what I've decided to do and I need you to approve it. Right. Those things. So I think, you know, again, just if I'm constantly complaining, if I'm constantly being a burden, if I'm constantly, you know, making those around me not feel good about being at work, then yeah, you're not adding any value. In fact, you're devaluing the whole work environment and atmosphere and no, no boss that I know, <laughs> Looking at you, particularly no boss that I know is going to perpetuate that kind of attitude and that kind of atmosphere in their place of business because it it, it affects the whole of the business. Yeah. I'm just thinking how sexy it is for a guy that's always coming to his wife incomplete. Fix me. <laughs> I don't, oh God. Fix me. Okay. Uh, I'm broken. Uh, I got a problem. Now, I'm being facetious, man, but in the same way, in the, I always say this about the Bible. I go, the Bible makes great spiritual sense. It makes good business sense. It makes good financial sense. It makes good relational sense. It just makes sense. Mm-hmm. And some things, some of these realities that we talk about here, yes, it does make good business sense. That was the example he gave. But it's the same within our households and our other relationships, man, that if we're constantly coming, I mean, people can see us, our family members might see us from 20 feet off, man, and go, I know where it's going. And it causes a demeanor, but we're mm-hmm. hoping for a different thing. So in these relationships where Stephen put it this way, that the wife has become some kind of a assistant coach yeah yeah not a bride that he's been sitting and presenting himself to like it's a problem man and sometimes the answer is so simple that we don't want to recognize it but sometimes we need to do the homework be in our space yeah. be connected and not always come in needing of repair and being fixed not that it's wrong to need repair and be fixed but always coming in that disposition is a problem but some of the things that he talked about, like how do we how do we get into those things? Are there some habits that you have or that you're thinking about since hearing this that you want to use to seek wholeness in other areas? Uh, yeah, I mean, let me say something to your point because I, I want to be clear because what you just said was so good. But I want to remind guys that it doesn't mean that you have to have it all together. It just means you have to have it together in that moment. So there's, you can be dealing with things, but in that moment, you push those things aside and said, okay, in the moment with my wife, with my kids, in this moment, I have it together Yeah, because I'm here. 
So I, again, that made me think of that because I don't want guys to think, you know, well, my life's a mess so I can, you know, I'm always going to be incomplete. I feel incomplete all the time, <laughs> you know? Okay, great. That There's times and, and we are in our we life. Are sure. Incomplete. sure. It's like, I remember I told you one time I wanted to get a shirt that says, uh, please excuse the mess under construction, you know, yeah. pointing to me, uh, because I feel that way quite often is like, I'm, I'm, I'm in this perpetual remodeling, <laughs> this renovating uh, in my life. And it just seems like when I get an area together, a storm of life comes and kind of messes it up, you know? So but that's the journey towards wholeness. It is the journey toward wholeness. If you're not constantly feeling like you're always working on something, then I don't know that your journey towards wholeness or being complete is effective because there's always more. I, w- I had this vision today when I was listening through the podcast again, that when you, when you have a goal, say it's a door at the end of a hallway and you've done all you could and jumped over obstacles and you finally get to that door, that's what wholeness is. You've gotten to that door, but when you open the door, there's 10 more hallways with 10 more doors and 10 more possibilities behind that first accomplishment. Yeah. So it's ongoing. It never stops. So we don't get to this place where we show up at every setting and go, I'm good. But we can also know that we show up at every setting having done none of the homework. Yeah. None of the effort. I think that's a great point. Show up and do some homework at least, not just nothing. Right. Nothing is not the option. Yeah. Is that what you're, that's basically what you're saying is yeah. do enough to where you, you, you got some uh, skin in the game, so to speak. It, and what if you show up and you find out you did the wrong homework? Yeah. But at least you, you, you le- learn something, but at least you try to prepare for that moment, for that situation, for that problem, for that issue. And you showed yourself that, Hey, look, I can do some work prior to showing up. Yeah. Even if, even if it was, I was out of bounds or I was, off the mark, you know, a little bit, but I think that's what you're saying is don't, don't show up unprepared because you just chose to be unprepared. Yeah. If you're unprepared, it's because you just, you chose to do the wrong thing to prepare for that, which again, you can make the adjustment and prepare the right way the next time. Yeah. Because most settings that I'm in professionally, or even as I talk with groups of men, there's a thing that I'm always conscious of is, is in business, I'm usually the least formally educated in the room. So early on in my career, when I would run up against those moments and be in these meetings, there were things and ideas and understandings that seemed like elementary things that were being discussed openly that I had no idea of. And I used to really take notes, man, and keep my mouth shut. And when I would walk away from those sessions, man, I would go and get a dictionary. I would go do research. Mm -hmm. I would go and try and find out what you know, ROI or whatever, whatever these things, man, just all these different pieces of information that I wasn't familiar with, but I kept quiet and listened and then did my own homework. So the next time we came back, I could be of more value and actually have an intelligent conversation about it and maybe be helpful in it. But there's this curve, man, that when we recognize areas that we are incomplete, we don't just throw our hands up and go, nobody showed me. Yeah. We have to begin to do the work. And that's kind of what Stephen is talking about is is deciding. I loved when he said that the children, they said, man, we didn't have much. But boy, at vacation time, dad was a riot. Yeah. It's because he had put 
policies in place. He had people to cover his shifts or whatever he needed to do. If he was a business owner, he had made sure that things got paid. He didn't show up on vacation with just enough to get us there. We had enough to eat or mm-hmm. to sustain ourselves. We weren't worried about, you know, burning 10 gallons more gas on the way home. Like some things had been settled so he could have a peace of mind and yeah. enjoy the family while he was there. And that's all I'm saying. You know, even as we look through all these things, just the idea of showing up hold, it's daunting, man, because yeah. there's so many opportunities to be unhold. But how do we get there, JT? Like, what what are some of the things that, that we're going to do, man? You well, and me. Yeah, I mean, I think first thing is to sit down and take inventory. Uh, so and, important. And treat yourself like you're a project. I mean, just think in those terms. It's like when you walk into your house, you know, is, is the cabinet door hanging? Well, that's a project. Okay, I got to fix that. I'm going to write that down. And I'm going to make sure that's fixed. So if we think of ourselves like a renovation project, so to speak, then we can make a list of things. And look, these are not to make you feel bad about yourself or to make you it's you have to make these lists in order to get better. You have to make these lists in order to not forget what you need to fix because we're terrible at that. I, I mean, the list at my house because of what I do, I mean, it's it's just daunting sometimes, right? The things that I want to accomplish. And a lot of these things are not even things that my wife puts on me. This is things that I know that I want to do because I know what it could be. I have this vision of what it could be, but to take the inventory of where am I not showing, where am I not having the responsibility of presence or where am I not whole when it comes to being a father? We just celebrated father's day. What areas and, And again, this is not about guilt or shame. We always say you'll never shame a man to greatness. So this is not about shame. This is about being truthful, the whole truth about where I'm at. And take that inventory, being a husband, being an employee. Maybe you have your own business and you have people underneath you. Maybe you're like Anthony and you have people that you work for that you're responsible. They're paying you to do a certain job. Uh, Are you being whole in that, in those moments? Are you being present? Can you push away what's going on in your life for that moment? Yeah. And then when you get home, can you push away the pressures of business and and work and, and forget that and just be present in the moment when you're at home? Or do you bring that with you? The, the whole idea of inventory is perfect because you have to know kind of what you need or what you have before you can decide where to go. And I think about like working jobs. And if you've worked in like large factories or something, you know that they have companies that come in at a certain time of the year and they inventory everything. And it's just so you kind of know where you are at all times. And then there's times, man, that, In our own assessment, like when we're looking around our house and things that we'd like to do for our hobbies, we make sure we take inventory and see what it is that we need. But a lot of times we can't see even what we have or what we need because of the filters and the wounds that we have in our lives. And this is a time when it takes some real freaking guts to turn to somebody else and go, hey, man, I'm curious. We spend a lot of time together. If you could give me two or three things on that you feel like are great, you know, emotional opportunities for me or are there great, you know, uh, personality flaws or areas that I need to work on, what would they be? But it takes some balls and it takes some courage to ask people those kinds of questions. But when you're stuck on the inventory yourself, you have to turn to trusted people and go, hey, help me understand where I am here. And this is where goal setting and vision for what you want, because, you know, just sitting here listening to you in your in your place of business, what determines the inventory? What determines that inventory is the menu. 
Right. So it's like, and the menu is the goal that you have that people know when they come to your place, this is what they're getting. It's going to be whole. And this, yeah. (laughs) But they're not going to another restaurant expecting what they're going to get at yours. They Mm. come to yours because this is what it's known for. It's known for incredible food. So your inventory, so you walk into the place where you keep your inventory and go, okay, we're short on these things. And this is our vision, our goal. This We're going to be short tonight. This is not good. So you order inventory based on your goals and your vision of what you have. And that's different for everybody. That's why this is not cookie cutter and it, and it never will be. Yeah. So you have different goals than I have. I have different. Uh, Jonas has different goals. Everybody's got these. Now, the principles to achieve those goals are pretty much the same. Principles don't change. We had the Fortress of Principles weeks ago. Principles don't change. Situations may do. Goals may do. Vision may may be different. Principles to to get those things never change. Hard work, dedication, perseverance through hard time, being prepared, showing up prepared, uh, doing the mundane things every day that nobody sees. I mean, those principles never change. Yeah. And they'll help you achieve these things that we're talking about it. And maybe it's those things, you know, I want to show up whole. I want to show up present, healthy for my kids so that I can play and not be out of breath. Okay. What thinking about that doesn't change that. What does change that is saying, okay, I need to get up an hour early. I need to go on a 30 minute walk that, you know, I can do that. Okay. My goal is I can want to do 30 minutes and 20 minutes. I mean, all these little things that you set, help you build stamina so that you can achieve the goal. Sure. I want to be healthy for my kids. So I think if we take inventory, where are those areas? The project, me, JT, me, the project, where are those areas that I need to work on? I can't work on everything at the same time. So let me choose one or two things right now that I can work on, that I can take inventory, that I can uh, get the things that I need to achieve the goals that I want. Let me take some inventory and be truthful about it. If you lie to yourself, you'll lie to everybody else. So where can I just be real, real raw, truthful to myself? And if I can't, like you said, let me go to somebody that will be raw and truthful because they love me, not because they want to do me harm. Yeah, man. And and I'll give you a couple of little hints, man. Just go to your children and say, hey, having been raised by me, what is there something that you wouldn't do? towards your kids when you grow up. You, you texted me this question yeah, the other day and it, I thought, oh my, I'm not it, asking that. It could be off, completely off the charts and ridiculous or who knows, you might get a piece of truth in there to help you bond and build a relationship or or just even with your wife, you know, have, have has there been moments that I've done things that were hard for you to forgive? Just these simple questions because they'll force us to begin to look at things that maybe we don't see. That's my, my, that's my only point in asking those kinds of yeah. things. It's those type of questions. That's what helps build our inventory that we've been talking about. You know, having having the balls to go to ask your kids or ask your wife those kind of questions or even go to your friends uh, and say, you know, man, have have I unknowingly offended you or said something off color or said something that, you know, you just didn't say anything back at the moment, but you wish you would have are the are. Are those moments, what were those things that I did? I mean, all those are questions, and that proves, that's that's almost like proof text in a sense of you're wanting to grow. I'm willing to be uncomfortable and to hear the uncomfortable for me to grow. That's 
what I'm saying, that's a great example of taking inventory is the inventory that I have even match up with where I want to go. Cause I need to throw some things out that have gotten rotten. I've just left them here too long. I just need to, I just need to declutter. I need to get all this stuff. That's not really valuable to me anymore. It does me no good. All of that's a part of taking inventory in our life. That's the importance of it is not just adding to, but getting rid of mm. things that don't, really add value to where we want to go. So, you know, in conclusion, let's say it this way, showing up whole or complete in the moment, it requires us to take the inventory of every area of our life that we say needs to be renovated, redone, uh, upgraded, uh, changed, you know, pick your word or even fulfill the vision that I have. That's, that's taking inventory. And then to take the time to, Ask questions and what you said, Anthony, ask other people questions. And here's the caveat. If you ask the question, you can't get offended. And you said this in your text when we were talking about it. You almost have to take it like it's 100% truth. Right. And not start pushing back, not get defensive, not get, you know, no, just take it like it's 100% truth. Because what you're doing is taking this information and going back and taking the time to meditate, right? think about it, talk to your band of brothers about it. Hey, do you see the same thing? Talk to your wife about it. You know, so-and-so said this, do I do that with you? Or is it subtle? Or is, you know, maybe I have an anger issue that I keep, you know, pretty subtle with everybody else. But, you know, in these moments, you know, it's all those questions simply mean, and it should say to yourself, I want to grow as a man. Because you can't become great unless you ask these kind of questions sure. at some point in your life. So take the time to sit down and listen, setting aside uh, the time to work on yourself because you want to you you want to master the art of being present, taking the responsibility of being present in every area of your life because people need you. People need you whole in those moments. Doesn't mean you have to be whole completely. You just need to be whole in that moment because that's one of the subtle arts of being a great man. To join the Great Man community or to book Stephen, Anthony, or JT to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. There, you'll also find incredible resources to help you become the great man you are made to be. The Great Man Podcast is a Wise Company production.